Welcome to Trappin' Radio. Uh, this is the first week of uh, us taking over uh, for Clint. And uh, we'd like to thank Clint for everything he's done for me and Sarah through the years. And uh, everything he's doing now, we just want to tell him, you know, thanks a lot. And uh, good luck. And uh, anyways, our sponsors this week are uh, F&T Fur Harvesters. Everything that you'll ever need for trapping, hunting, hunt with hounds, and predator calling. I did pretty good on that, Sarah. <laughs> uh, they got a new store in Alpena. Um, when you go up to the Nationals, you definitely want to swing by and see, you know, their new store. They're, I've never seen anything like it. Um, I always think that the trapping section in Cabela's store is awesome. And this is like uh, a million times better than that. Because uh, they got a room just full of tan fur. They got a room... Where you can watch the girls making hats and sewing and doing all that it's you know like a glass window um it's really cool so make sure on your way to the nationals you, you swing by there if you're coming up through michigan um you might even see me and sarah wandering through there we go we just walk around out there don't we sarah yeah on any given day yeah <laughs> it's fun to just check the stuff out uh we got uh also the sponsor hilltop outdoors uh funkies and uh, Alan Sayers, good friend. Um, you know, uh, he's a good guy you can trust and deal with. And if he tells you something, that's that'll be the way it'll be. And, um, you know, so if you're interested in any trapping supplies, trap tags, anything like that, get a hold of Alan out to Hilltop Outdoors or Funky. Uh, we got Jeb from Oki Cable and Traps. Uh, Jeb's out of Oklahoma. Um, you know, he buys fur, sells trapping supplies. Again, good guy. He's, he, Jeb usually comes across a lot of weirdo stuff, uh, typical old school fur buyer, you know, um, the only thing is I don't think he has a junkyard like they used to, you know, but I'm sure he, in his heart, he wants there to be a junkyard there. And then, uh, of course, Dunlap Lures, uh, which I'm partial to myself, uh, you know, just, uh, you can buy it from, uh, basically all the, a lot of the big supply dealers and small supply dealers, fur buyers, um, but not Jeb at Oki's. So, but maybe we'll change that. On our on our show this week, um, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, the fur market and stuff towards the end. So stick around till the end to hear about what's, you know, we think will be happening. Um, but we have uh, Rick Engels with uh, Deep Ravine Fur with us um, from Michigan. He's a fur buyer. You travel all over the United States? No, not across the United States. I go up into through New York, uh, Illinois, Indiana a little bit. Uh, I've got routes in Michigan. So, so you travel all over the United States? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> coast to coast. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying more and more. Well, thanks for doing this, Rick. We appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys offering. They, um, so, you know... Starting off was, you know, how did you, like, there's usually a progression to everything. You know, you, you know, um, as my dad would say, you whore out your hobby a little bit, and then you whore out your hobby a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then pretty soon you've just hoarded out completely. So, yes. so how did this transgress, how did you originally get into trapping? Um, you know, did you have a family member that got you into it? Uh, were you just raised into it? Yeah, my, my whole family was trappers uh traveled with dad as a kid and then you know as he got older and he got out of it i just kept pounding 100 mile an hour uh, straight forward and then there's a little fur buyer by the name of dan postma uh ended up trapping partners with him and 
then we were long lining uh, for coon. Coon market was good back then, so we long lined for coon and hit a little beaver here and there. And he was a fur buyer and he was getting up there in age. So I worked in his first shed. I was a union pipe fitter, so I could take off as much time as I wanted. So I'd take the whole fall off. I'd take October through January off every year. I'd trap and then I'd help him in his first shed with the fur. And as he got older and wanted to start retiring, I just started picking up more and more of the, you know, I wanted to get into the fur buying and pretty much took it to a new level. Mm -hmm. They, uh, <clears throat> did, uh, like when you started trapping with Dan, did you, uh, you know, like what age, you know, I mean, um, what's like your earliest memory of being out there trapping? 11, 12 years old. 11, 12. Yeah, I was young. Trapping muskrats? Yep. Yeah. yep. Typical Michigan trapper. Yeah, following my dad around, tripping over shit, getting in yep. trouble. Yep. <laughs> Everybody cut their teeth on muskrats in Michigan. <laughs> getting yelled at a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get a lot of times on, you know, uh, social media, there'll be guys on there, they'll come on and, you know, they say, I used to trap, you know, they're from Michigan or Wisconsin, and they'll be like, yeah, I remember when I was a kid going to muskrat trapping, you yep. know, that's always the, the thing. Yep, my dad, he, he did a lot of land trapping as well, I just never, never really got into the land trapping like I did the water trapping. Yeah. You know, yeah. Back then, we didn't have the coyote, we had the fox, and my dad catch a lot of fox. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of fox in Michigan then. Yep. Yeah, my dad caught yep. a lot of fox too. And then the coyotes came in and changed it all. Yep, and uh, you know, the mink prices were good, so we're, we're always chasing the mink around. And back then, we got the snow early. The same as now. Yeah. <laughs> well, back then, I mean, we got snow early, so it pushed that mink to the creeks. They didn't mm -hmm. need the f fields and brush piles to hunt. You know, their legs are so damn short, so push them to that water, and mm -hmm. you can catch numbers in mink. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like that. Now, we don't get the weather for it. No. You know, it's a lot harder to catch up numbers, and prices are so low. It seems like that was uh, the last generation of big mink trappers. Yes. In Michigan, anyways. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, you had a lot of that. Uh, the World War II generation was seemed like big, big ones that, you know, I know, and then their kids were were and then like the grandkids after that you know would weren't weren't as you know even the prices weren't weren't high on them like they were before but you know you I, like i get 28 bucks for a mink but you know you go out and catch you know say four or five mink one mink a day uh, you know run the line of catch a few rats but you know i mean coon we're going averaging 25 30 bucks you yeah know, we were we don't have Iowa numbers here, but, you know, it was still better than catching yep. mink. Yep. Back then, I mean, you had guys like Don Barron, Chuck Rose, uh, Carl Johnson, uh, uh, Steve Redman. Them boys, them boys are trappers, and they, yep. they pushed it hard. And, you, know, you know, a few of them guys are all gone now. Uh, mm -hmm. Carl Johnson's still around hitting hard. And, uh, uh, Steve Redman, he's out of trapping. Uh, Chuck Rose, he passed away. Donnie Barron's passed away. And them old boys, they... they Took them secrets to the grave with them, but they were trappers, yeah. and it was pressed hard up around our area. Yeah, yeah, those guys were the the. You know, I mean, like when the prices dropped in '87, them a lot of them guys got out of it. You yep. know, I mean, they they yep. you know it, it was you know lifestyle and money. You yes, know? and um, you know, I mean, it's kind of switch switch now with the money out of it, but you know. Until you see a peak like the beaver price, which we'll get into, you know, going up. Right. You know, then, then you see a spike, and then you see that you know it's gradually decline. It doesn't drop right off, but uh, no, they, uh, 
I remember going, you know, like, uh, I think it was 1982, something like that. I went to the, they had the Nationals. Did you go to the Nationals in, in Gaylord? Yes. Yeah, I was there too. Yep. I didn't know you then, though. Nope, I was a young boy. <laughs> Probably chasing the same girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my dad took me up there. I was a fr- freshman in high school. Yeah, yeah, they, uh. Yeah, my dad made us go over there and uh, shovel horse stalls for the dealers to set up in. And I'm like, I don't know why we got to do this. Why don't they just do it themselves? Not, <laughs> you know, now I appreciate when there's some kid out there who's done it for yes. me. You know. Yep. But uh, yeah, I remember going to that that nationals over there, and it was that it was. It, it probably wasn't as big as it was. I mean, I'm remembering my mind, you know, but uh, it was. It seemed like. It just went on for days yep. walking through that. Yeah, you couldn't see everything in a day. No, no. You could not. And there was so much to see. You'd go through something, then you'd, then you'd have to go back. You, you just knew you missed something. Mm-hmm. You know, it was exciting. Yeah. But I would, that, you know, with me, that I, re, I remember that, and that made an impact on me with all the trappers there and yep. stuff. And But, um, so... Like so, you were old enough when the like uh, the fur boom was going on. Not the you know, I mean, there's been multiple. Everybody thinks you know, there's only been one fur boom, but uh, you know, you hit you would have sold for like in you know, say like eighty two, eighty three, yeah, we was, was doing a lot of trapping, uh, uh, running a lot of dogs, dog shot coon back then. Uh, I used to do that. Yep. Go coon hunting. Yep. But, but I had a blood transfusion and got all the dog shit out of my blood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, we chase some dogs around all day. Yeah, I remember. I did too. Falling asleep in school, getting yeah. in trouble, uh, getting home four or five in the morning. My dad. I really didn't like being out at dark. <laughs> I like coon hunting if I went with buddies and stuff, but I really didn't like being out there at dark by myself. <laughs> You're afraid you know? of dark. Yeah, I got a big that. boy. What's gonna get you? I wasn't as big then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen you let a bear loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I, I used to have common sense back in the old days, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, it was uh, you know. It's, pretty awesome to be able to you know sell the fur like that and stuff and it wasn't like you know you talk about like you know the old days everything always seems better than what it really was when yep. you're looking back you know i mean it's like with coon hunting you know even you're looking thinking about back on coon hunting i don't do this but you probably do and i know like nick ernie does and stuff you, know, you look back on it and it's fond memories but, yes. the, but the fur wasn't always the great, you know, I mean, it had highs and it had lows. Generally, not always, but generally, if 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 the long fur was in, the short fur was out. Yes. It wasn't where it all ran real high. And it's like even the fox number, the, the fox prices, that was when they went up to super, super high. That was for a short period of time, one year, you know. So everybody looks at it as a 20-year span. To yeah. Die, you know, but I look... The thing is, and you listen, and you talk to a lot of the guys in the old days, and I killed a hundred every day. But we bought fur for Hudson Bay, and I look back through some of my dad's old records, and them same guys, <laughs> you know. And there's nothing wrong with you know it, but it'll be like they'll have, you know they brought in one coon, and then like a week later they brought in three coon, yeah. <laughs> but and it, and it wasn't the seventy dollar averages everybody thinks. Mm-hmm. It was you know it was. Uh, you know, like twenty dollars average, twenty two, twenty five. Yep. You know, stuff like that, which you know is 
you know, still big money. Yep, 2013, I think, is when it really spiked again. Yeah. You know, not just, and that was unpredicted. No, you know, nobody's seen that coming that year. <clears throat> no, I didn't see it going like that. I seen it climbing. I think, you know, but nothing this bike and nope and, and me or nobody else seen the crash either no no and it crashed hard and fast a lot of guys lost a lot of money and a lot of businesses that got their doors closed yeah. yeah no it's 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 tough you know because you're gambling with your money you're throwing them dice across that table every time you buy a piece of fur yeah you know, look at the price of beaver right now you know that could drop as quick as it came up yeah 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 tomorrow they could call and say you know, the beaver you just bought off Jeff and Sarah, burn yep. them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't know. You no, know, people, there's a misconception. People think there's so much money, you know, buying fur, buying fur. And I would gladly have anybody try it. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of risk, yeah. a lot of gamble, a lot of work, a lot of expenses yeah. into it. Yeah. You know, that trapper may get $20 for that beaver, where say I get 25 for it, but something could happen where. My five dollar end of it that I'm making, I just ate that up and lost it easily. Yeah, you know when the coon market dropped, I was six, sitting on six thousand coon. Yeah, uh, all that year, I don't remember what the tops was, but my average was seven eighty five into them. Two years later, I finally sold them six thousand coon for three dollars and fifty cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, I know lots of different fur buyers that were back, you know, and you know when it crashed in say eighty seven, um, there was a lot of fur buyers that. Uh, you know, hog farmers and stuff out west that they lost everything. Yes. You know, some of them bought for Hudson Bay, and when Hudson Bay got out, they wanted their money, and they, you know, uh, they they just came and took their houses and sold them and auctioned off everything. And, yep. But you know, the, you know, it's like, yeah, they made money on all that fur, but in the end, the guys that sold the fur didn't lose their houses and all that stuff right. like, like the fur. So I mean, there is a you know, I'm, I'm I was raised doing this. One thing my dad always told me, he says, if you're going to buy fur, never mortgage your house. Yep. Never, ever take your mortgage in your house, take the money and buy fur. Yep. He said, because you'll end up homeless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, so where's your cardboard box at? <laughs> I got, that's why I got that tonneau cover on the truck. Keep the rain off me. <laughs> you better throw a blanket back there. I can't afford a blanket yet. <laughs> Well, a couple more years of buying fur, and you, you really won't be able to. <laughs> I enjoy it, too. I love buying fur. Yeah. I love the camaraderie with the guys. Uh, yeah. The guys that come in is what makes my day. Yeah. It truly is. You know, it's not just about the fur, you know, it's about the, the guys, the friendships, the yeah. relationships you make, the, yeah, the characters that come in and out. That That's how it is in the, you know, uh, bluer business and stuff, uh, going to conventions, um, you know, we look forward, like me and Sarah are really looking forward to, you know, going to the conventions. And, you know, we have have people that we see at certain conventions and sometimes they'll pop up somewhere else. And it's fun to see them and talk to them and see. You know, I mean, we, you know, when you see, we, we consider them friends. I mean, yes. you know, do you see them every day and stuff? No, but, you know, I mean, they're just, they're friends, yep. you know, that, uh, you know, when they walk up, they're glad to see you yeah. and you're glad to see them. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for those guys. I mean, those guys are the ones that... Uh, they're the ones that keep the lights on in the first set. They're the ones that uh, keep the lights on. They're the ones that keep them freezers running. Yep. The one for the guys coming through the door. Yep. You know, it ain't so much anything I'm doing. It's it's the guys coming through the door, and I'm grateful. Yeah, I am very grateful. Yeah, um, no, that's how we feel about it. With uh, you know the our, the lure business and all that. You know, I mean, <clears throat> they didn't buy buy the products. I mean, you know, 
Yup. McDonald's, here I come. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to tell you guys, you don't want to come in that McDonald's and you won't know which one it is, so. (laughs) Because there won't be no fries left. (laughs) All you'll do is look back there and there'll be a 600-pound blob sitting next to the fryer. (laughs) And that'll be me. (laughs) Eat my fries. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... So how, you know, when you start getting into the buying the fur, I mean, how did that happen where you started, you know? Like I said, Dan Postman, he was wanting to retire. He was getting up there in his health. You know, he had some uh, arthritis and stuff on his shoulders, and so it was getting tougher for him. So he was talking about getting out of it. Uh, so I just slowly started just tinkering around a little bit, uh, buying. Uh, I had a lot to learn, believe me. I, I jumped in, got my feet wet quick. I'll just start off small, and it's just progressed, uh growing unbelievably mm-hmm. uh, every year my numbers have doubled mm-hmm. every year and i never seen that coming uh and dan still buys a little fur him and i are great friends mm-hmm. uh, yeah i don't i don't i don't think i know dan yeah he was just a smaller country buyer yeah. uh and he even told me too he said when you said you were gonna start buying fur he said you took it to a new level mm-hmm. he said i never dreamed that you would grow as big and as quick as you are mm-hmm you know, I've never tried to screw guys guys around. I've always tried to be straight up with them, honest, and yep. be fair with them. Yeah. You know, and yeah, my numbers just keep up, up, up. The amount of phone calls I get and guys coming through the door. And, uh, Dunlap Lewis pushed my name. has been tremendous, and I'm grateful. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, you know, we, uh, like, I, I, you know, when somebody asks me who you sell your fur to, I tell them, you know, I sell it to you. And, you know, I got a, I got a couple of guys I sell to. Yeah. And, uh. You know, I just, but I tell him, I said, you know, um, you always, whatever you've told me, you know, you always made it right or tried to make it exactly what you told me, exactly what you did. Oh. And I know, like, uh, you know, some of the dealings we've had, you gave me your word and you could have got more money from somebody else, you know, selling stuff we were dealing on. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to find a man of his word these days. And, and more important than that is uh, your money's good. Yes. yes, I've never written a bad check. Yeah. Check. So, I mean, when you got a fur buyer that's got money, you better stick with him. <laughs> no, I have made I have made mistakes. I made one the other day, and to Beaver, it was actually I'm not gonna say his name. He called. He said, "Rick, you might want to look at that slip." And that was 161 dollars in my favor. Hmm. <laughs> you know, but there's been other times though, I've looked up slips and called the guy right up. Said, "Hey, you know, I owe you more money." Yeah. You know, I made a mistake on the other end, and or. You know, Prices drop because them fur prices change. You know, if I tell you I'm giving you twenty dollars for a beaver and they drop, that's on me. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna wait till you get to the door like some of them. Well, you know, fur prices drop or change that price. If I give you that price, you can take it to the bank. Yeah. You know, I'm not changing that. You know, because mm-hmm. I just don't believe in doing that, to people. They, um, no, it's it's hard to find. Uh, not just in this industry, in any industry where you know somebody's word is good. And, um, you know, they do what they say. and I mean, it's hard to find in the world. Yes. You know? And I mean, your reputation is everything. When you yeah. die, they won't give a shit what color hat you had on. Mm-hmm. I mean, your reputation is what they remember. Yeah. I, I, I believe in that. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. See, Rick could almost be Iowa nice. <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> you did some traveling to buy some fur this year, though, didn't you? Well, yeah. You went out to... Saw the New York guys out yep, there. How yep. was that? Oh, I loved it. Those guys were great. Uh, those guys were great. Yeah. I loved it. That was probably one of the best sales I've been to. Yeah. I mean, just in the way they had it set up and ran it. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I couldn't say enough about it. Did you see anything? I mean, we're from Michigan, and I haven't been to a fur sale outside of Michigan, but did you see anything, like, unusual or different? I'm sure it was an experience to well, see like a little bit Well, like the fisher and stuff, we don't have, you know, enough of them to say, so, hell, yeah, and they, there was a ton of fisher out there. Yeah. So that, that was kind of neat. Cool. I bought some just to buy some. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I bought them right or not, but whoever sold them was happier than hell. <laughs> <laughs> but I can say I bought some fishers. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yep, interesting. Yeah. And talking to some of my older buyers, uh, there's a fellow named Tom Giebel out there. Very interesting fellow, very knowledgeable. Uh, I could have sat and just talked with him, and he talked about, you know, buying fur back. He's been fur buying for 50 years, and, you know, buying fur way back when in Hudson Bay, and just the stories that man had. I could have just, instead of buying fur at the auction next to him, uh, I could just sat there and just listen to him all day. Yeah. You know, I, I like That's that cool. too. That's the fun thing about the Herkimer, <clears throat> Herkimer convention <clears throat> is that, uh, you run into people out there that, um, have, you know, it, it, it's a different environment, you know, and you run into people out there, you're not going to see any convention. They're not going to go to the nationals nope. in Escanaba. They're not going to go to the fur takers in Wisconsin. They're, you know, East Coast. They're going to stay out there. They're going to go to Herkimer or the New York or Pennsylvania. Um, you know, and a lot of them old guys, uh, you know, dealt in the fur district down in Detroit, in Detroit <laughs> New York. About <laughs> <laughs> the same, I guess. Yep. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you don't run into people, let's say in Wisconsin generally, that go into the fur district, you know, in the old days when you could, you know, haul fur back and forth between them. And, you yep. know, another one, uh, like talk, Harry Zander. Yep. I could listen to that man as just a ball of knowledge and his experiences and things. Uh, 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 Terry Manley, you know, how yeah. he come up through it. You know, just a lot of them old, old fur buyers and what they've seen you know, throughout the years just amazes me. Yeah. It's so much different now. Yeah. You know, the, the fur market isn't the same. Nothing nothing's the same. Yeah. No. It's, it's, uh, Roger McGinnis. Uh, just a lot of them old fur buyers and the stories and, you know, how they started out. And it just amazes me. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I've tried to get Roger to do an interview. I've almost got him to do it a couple times, but either he hadn't drank enough to do it, or he had drank too much. <laughs> yep, and Roger's a and, character. And it's hard to catch him in that middle ground. Yep, Roger's a character. You either love Roger or hate him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for the man. I like Roger. Uh, he's always treating me good. Yeah, uh, yeah. When uh, my dad got um, hired by for Hudson to buy for Hudson Bay for the Michigan. Um, it came down between three guys. It was my dad, uh, Roger Reginis, and uh, Ralph DeJesse with J&K. Yep. Those were the three that they were looking at, and my dad ended up getting it. And uh, I think it was probably because my dad was older than them two at that time. Yep. You know, so, um, you know, and I told Roger that. He said, I never knew that. But, um, yeah, he, Roger, he's got a lot of stories. So, oh, some good. he'll, you know, he'll never tell. Yep. <laughs> he probably still get arrested <laughs> for <laughs> <laughs> and I could sit there and visit Roger for hours. Yeah. Uh, like Ralph DeJesse, I know Ralph, uh, who has been known, but I don't know Ralph very well. You know, yeah. he's from the other side of the state, and I never, you know, dealt with him much. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bob, Bob Davis was another one, a whole fur buyer. Yeah. He passed he, away. He was, did he? From Pine. Yep. Uh, yeah, cause he, Pine's the fur, fur Company. Yeah, the first sales I went to, he would sit up front in a wheelchair. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and he was a, a great man. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember my dad driving me over to sell fur to him. <clears throat> Hmm. Uh, another, another, just one of them old fur buyers. Yep, yep, yeah. I would, I, I remember uh, him sitting up there, and he touched just about every piece of fur that came across that table. Yep. You know, yep. 
And you can tell he loved it. Yeah. yeah. After he passed away, I had his old flesh beam in my first head for mm-hmm. a few years. And then uh, I gave it to a young kid to come through there. Want a flesh beam as well. I've got one for you. Well, it, 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 if you still had it and it meant anything to you, um, don't scrape anything around Sarah. Because the other day, uh, she likes to scare me. That's her favorite thing to do. She it's, says it's not, she, but it is. She's a scary person. Yeah, yeah. She scared me earlier. Well, she goes, I, I was out here scraping an otter, and I'm scraping, and she come out and dropped something. I don't. It was a five-gallon jug from uh, the water cooler. Yeah, and she, and, and, yeah, and she threw it in the dumpster right and behind it was empty. me. And it goes, boom! And I jumped and took that. I was using the sharp part of that fleshing knife yep. and rammed it right down into the fleshing beam <laughs> and cut a great big thing. I just picked it up, went over, threw it right in the dumpster because yep. you ain't going to sand it out. <laughs> so you, you definitely, if, if the fleshing beam means anything to you, don't do don't it. let her around it. Don't no, but, oh. no, you don't. She can be around it. She won't cut it, but uh, she'll she'll try and scare you and. And I'm jumpy anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I'm giving you a heads up. <laughs> yeah, I'm very jumpy. <laughs> Wounded and jumpy. <laughs> yeah. But do uh, you remember uh, when you got into this, uh, your first first sale you went to was buying at? Was it? Uh... Oh, I was right here in Michigan. I was nervous. Uh, Tracy, she's she's my sidekick. She's my partner. She, yeah, I couldn't do it without her. She kept saying, settle down, settle down, settle down. I was nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd never been up here in all them big fur buyers. Jumpy. Yeah, jumpy. <laughs> you know, to try and buy fur, and I was, I was, yeah, I was bad. <laughs> I felt out of my elements. It wasn't the guys coming through the door, you know, and all of a sudden, oh, sure. you're, you're at the big show now. You're at an auction. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I used to go to the fur sales and buy, and then I would buy some fur, and then, uh, I would go, buy, you know, try and buy the deer hides, and you mentioned Harry Zander. I was thinking about that, and Zander's used to sell, send a guy named Eddie up to uh, their sales, yep. and um, he, uh, you know, he would be over there on the phone, you know, uh, calling. He must have been calling Harry or whoever, and you know, he'd be on the phone, tell him what the prices were, and then he'd come back to the table and start bidding higher or lower, yep. and you know, but. I asked Xander, I was talking to him online one day, um, you know, and he said, I don't remember what he said, Eddie, but Eddie didn't work for him anymore. And it's hard, I mean, the the auctions are deceiving. Somebody will see a price at an auction, and that's not always what fur market is. Because, uh, you know, you get your craft guys there running, running furs way up. Uh, you'll see $6 rats when rat mark is actually $3, and everybody's, oh, that muskrat worth $6. And actually, in reality, they're not. Mm-hmm. That you get, you know, six, seven fur buyers there we're all wanting a piece of that first we're going to pay whatever we have to to get it mm. uh, so you'll you'll make more money at, a, at an auction than what you will coming through the door mm-hmm. a lot of guys don't understand that yeah you know because the guys that we're paying more than what that fur market does because when you're sitting at your own house you're not pissed off at roger again that's bidding against you right right <laughs> you know well, that, that's a lot of truth to that uh the best, the best thing you can do is have two fur buyers that hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and whoever's selling is going to make more money than they ever have. Or, or if you got, you know, where you got an Indiana guy and a Michigan guy going to a New York sale and them guys don't want to give them the fur. Yes. <laughs> yep, I've ran into that as well. Uh, I walked into an Them guys out to New York probably going to put up a statue of you and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny too. Just, on a Bud Light can. Yeah, when, on, when I went on a Bud Light can. 
<laughs> yes. I didn't want to, you know, the word was already getting out, you know, that I was going to the auctions buying them beaver, and there was some fur buyers that were not liking me for it, to say the least. Rusty Kramer will be inviting you out to Idaho <laughs> and flying in, jet set fur buyer. <laughs> oh, it was, it was kind of comical, a little touchier for a while, because like I said, you know, I was, I was pissing some fur buyers off going in there, and I was buying beaver, and I knew I was paying too much, but I was out there buying beaver, and that's what I was doing. And it got around the point that... Did you feel that a lot of the trappers complained about that? Not a bit. <laughs> not a bit. But I was at New York sale, and by 9 o'clock, there was already a phone call back saying, uh, we know you're out there. <laughs> you know, I was trying to stay a little bit under the radar on that one. <laughs> yeah, you go to a fur, a, a fur sale, you know, three states away, somebody's going to know. Quick. And they, they see them out of state plates, and they already don't like you. Yeah. I mean... Uh, it's like you no know, Michigan sale. You get a uh, Wisconsin buyer out here with everybody's kind of eyeballing him. Yeah, <laughs> like who's yeah. a stranger in our house? Yeah, you know, you know, it's kind of it shouldn't be like that, but it is. We're all like that. Yeah, it's just nature. Yeah, because you're used to going to the Michigan sale, and there's Roger McGinnis, there's you, there's yep. you know Ralph, and you know the yep. same same characters are there. Yes. you know, might be one or two float in and float out. Yep, you know, but. No, yeah, yeah, them guys uh, out in New York. I'm sure you know the buyers weren't 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 exactly happy to see you guys. Oh, not a bit. No, not a bit. If no. I was them, I wouldn't have been either. You know. No, uh, and it kind of settled down later on. They come up, you no, know, ask who you were, and you know, kind of settle down. But when I see a strange face, they don't like it because they know you know what buyers are generally yeah. at those sales. Yeah. They, so. uh, yeah, the, your best bet was just walk right up there and say, "Ain't nobody gonna buy no fur here today." <laughs> <laughs> I was at a sale. I was actually asked. I won't say who it was. Uh, another buyer. What are you here to buy? It was a beaver. He said, "Well, good luck." Well, I left with all of them <laughs> just to prove a point. Yeah, <laughs> it cost me a lot of money that day, <laughs> but I proved a point. Yeah. Oh. Sometimes being, you gotta do that. Just being bullheaded. Let me know next time you're gonna do that. As a sale, I'm gonna go to. Yeah. <laughs> We um, we went and got a fur buying license because, you know, we're handling a lot of, you know, as you know, like, you know, um, beaver meat, muskrat mm-hmm. meat. And it doesn't say that I, anywhere I could find that you had to have it. But I thought, you know, it's, for 10 bucks, it's best just to have it. You and know, you're covered. And then you're covered. Um, you know, and, um, you know, I thought about going over, because you guys went out to New York. I was gonna, we thought about going over to that Gaylord uh, sale. Yep. Just raising some hell. You know? <laughs> it's, it's fun going to an auction, just running stuff up, and, you know. So mm-hmm. I figured the trappers would appreciate it, but uh, oh, they, they would love it. J J one was up here beaver trapping, yeah. and so we, we we didn't end up going. That's the same thing that happened last year when yeah. they had it in Gaylord. That's always a pretty good sale at Gaylord sale. Yeah. Yep. I wanted to go to New York sale. It was a bigger sale. You know, it's predominantly a beaver sale. So the pretty you can have, you know. Ten buyers arguing over three hundred beaver at Gaylord, or you can have ten buyers arguing over a thousand beaver. Yeah. You know, so I chose to go to New York, and uh, it was a good move. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be back there next year for sure. And there, like, you know, I mean, I know the rat market isn't you know what it was, but uh, like some areas of New York, they got um, uh, you know rat their their rats are as as good as Michigan rats. Not all areas, but you know, I mean, some of them are you know just as good or better. Oh, we seen some rats come across the table. And I went out there buying rats. Uh, them rats were unbelievable. Night and day to a Michigan rat. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't believe the difference yeah. in them. Yeah, the same as the difference between a Minnesota rat and Michigan rat. Yeah, sort of Dakota rats. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yep. I think uh, 
parts of New York, Michigan have the best rats there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like down by St. Charles, them are like the best rats in the state of Michigan. Yep. And they're they're big yep. and Crow Island had some pretty good rats too. Yep. But uh, but you go to that'd be the cool thing. That's why I, I had told Nick that before that I always wanted to go out to the New York sale and you know with the Fisher and Pine Martin. And, uh, I've been to the one. Uh, I can't remember the name of the town. It's like Honey Honey. Honey Ho or something like that. Uh, I was I went to that sale and they had a lot of Fisher and stuff come through. But I wanted to go out to another one out to Herkimer because they're supposed yeah, to have. That I would recommend that Herkimer sale to anybody. Yeah. I mean, it's well put together, well ran, uh, a lot of for yeah. the, the great great people out there to deal with. You know, the trappers and the buyers alone, and yeah. the organization, the way they had that set up and ran it was just second to none. It, it's weird when you go to there to a sale like that because you you know like. You go to Michigan sale and it's run one way, and then you'll go to Indiana and they modeled theirs after the Michigan one. In fact, Missy went down there and set it up for. Yep, them, yep, we were down there for that sale. But you go, you know, and so for anybody who doesn't know what you do with like say, let's say the Michigan sale, you'll run your fur across, and then for each different grade and species, you'll have a slip where it was on top, and then they write on the bottom of it, and then somebody. Like Tracy is over there writing the checks. When you know when you take your slip over, they write you the check, and then you're paid right on the spot. Yep. Like out to New York, it's not that way. It's where you go and sell your fur, and it's kind of like uh, selling to Canada, you know, fur harvester or something like that, where you don't get your money right away. They send you a check. Yeah, we uh, you don't even touch your fur. And when that fur comes across the table, the buyers are great and looking at it, and then whatever buyer gets it, you hold your number up, and they tag your fur with that number and they've got a sep- separate section set up where say i'm buyer number two there's somebody running all my fur over putting it in my own pile for me and at the end of the sale before you even touch your fur uh they some of the staff come out comes out and they go check your slips against every single lot number that you bought to make sure the quantity's right uh, you didn't end up with somebody else's by mistake in your pile or somebody end up with yours vice versa they double check everything uh they bag it up and hell i took nick with me and that was my buddy right there. He carried all them heavy bags for me. <laughs> that big old boy is my best friend that yeah, day. Yeah. But and then you just at the end you wrote one check to the organization, and after your check cleared, they paid the trapper. Yeah, which that as a fur buyer that would be you know really nice to do it and not write you know seventy checks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you wrote one one check at the end and you walked out. It was the way they put it together was nice. It was. Uh, they had food there. They. Fed you, oh, kept yeah. you fat and happy. Yeah, the, the sale I went to was, you know, I mean, you could just tell it was, they probably don't think so because they've just been doing it for so long. But it, yep. it seemed like a well-oiled machine, the way they run everything. Yes. You know, there was, you know, they and they had the food and, I mean, it was, it was, it, it wasn't, you know, like a bunch of crap food either. Right. No, I mean, you're not saying that the other auctions are ran bad by any means, no. but that one just stands out as far as, yep. uh, it was well put together. Yeah. Very well put together. But, you know, they've got probably the, I don't you know, second biggest amount of trappers in the United States next to Pennsylvania. So, yep. you know, a lot more manpower to pull from. Yep. And I actually had a fellow, uh, I bought his fur at New York Trail, and he's brought me a load of fur. Hmm. I mean, and there's fur buyers out. He drove by a lot of fur buyers, mm-hmm. and he's brought me another load of fur hmm. Hmm. from out there. So, yeah, it's nice to make somebody that happy. Yep. Definitely. They, um, no, it's definitely, definitely interesting. There's, you know, it's not that everybody you would assume, assume a fur auction is a fur auction, but there's, 
you know, so many different, you know, variables and setups and, you know. Yep. Yep, it's different in Ohio. Uh, uh, Illinois was, or uh, not Illinois, Indiana was different. Uh, getting used to how they do it. You, know, mm-hmm. you get used to the Michigan auctions, other than Grand. Uh, well, Nick's involved down there. He's on the board and stuff. So you know yes. it's going to be somewhat messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ain't their fault. They, they're dealing with Nick. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk to Nick. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I was checking the time. <laughs> the, uh, so what do you think uh, as far as fur prices, you know, going forward? I mean, I know that like we talked about tomorrow, you know, it could drop, but you know, it looks like um, beaver are going to hold steady and that's about the only thing for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think them rats are going to look good. Coon definitely aren't. Yeah. Uh, otters kind of up in the air. Yeah. So I don't know. I think beaver are going to be the thing to chase. Mm-hmm. I really do. The, um, as long as that felt market holds up. And, well, Beth on uh, Yellowstone needs to start wearing a fur vest or something to get the rest of that fur up there. Yeah. I really got the felt market up there. <laughs> I think yeah. Beth, Beth's, Beth start wearing <laughs> a little fur. I think that helped the rest of it out. <laughs> it ain't going to hurt. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, um, but, um, yeah, this year, I mean... You know, I mean, a lot of a lot of the people was pretty upset about you know thinking that you know early on they were saying you're not gonna be able to move anything, but you know it, it that's a that's a good thing with like the auctions and stuff, where I mean if you take raccoons to the auction, you know they generally all sell. Yes. You know, and you know uh, like you didn't weren't buying coon this year. No. But they could sell coon. There was buyers that were buying. Yeah, coon. A lot of them are the garment makers. The guys know their. Uh, trying to buy low and sell high, you know. Man, there's guys sitting on you know thirty, forty thousand coon. They're buying right now because they can buy them cheap. You yeah. know, enough market does come up. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like you're investing in furs. What you're doing. Yeah, they. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, the cat market's hot. Yeah. Uh, cats are just going through the roof. Yeah, that's so, another thing. So it's all, uh, you know, if you're you're in Iowa. You know them like uh, them guys. You know, were selling their coon. You know, I mean, if yep. you're if you're in Louisiana, probably not much reason to trap. You know, coon. Yep. You know, maybe you go after. You know, if you're looking to you know pay for your expenses or whatever. You know, maybe you're you know go after cats. They got lots of cats down there. Yep. You know, and uh, you know if they, if they wanted to drive, take some gray fox and drive all the way to New York. Every time them crafters are out there in New York. Yeah, some gray fox are going. Yeah, because um, nobody's been trapping them. It's crazy. Some of the auctions you go to, you see them coon, a nice coon. They're averaging 2 to $3 yeah. uh, for nice put-up coon. Yeah. Then you go to another auction, you see them 8 to $10. Yeah. You know, it just depends on who's out, out there and what they want for them. Yeah. There's small markets out there. Yeah. You know, just not like there was. No. You know, there might be an order for 10,000 coon. But, you know, something special. You know, and it's like, you know, you see online. I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, some people are just... You know, negative. Oh, it's the fur price is never going to come back. Well, they they say that, and then the beaver price is 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 skyrocketing. Yep. You know. Yep. And uh, you know, I mean, it it just it takes one thing, one one turn of the wheel, and coon come back, or yep. you know, um, you know, fox come back. I mean, I always thought that. I mean, it, 
if you got something that's so cheap, generally somebody monopolizes on that situation and comes out with something to sell. Yes. You know, I mean, that's how the world works, you know. None, you, you hear guys say, oh, well, let's hold our fur back. I'll bring the price up. No, it won't. You can, if there's no demand for it, you, you can hold all the fur back you want. <laughs> yeah. if, it, if nobody wants that, you can have 10 trucks in your yard. No, if nobody wants to buy a truck, you're going to have 10 trucks sitting there. Yeah. No, everybody and brother wants to buy a truck, you're going to get rid of them. They ain't no different with fur. Yeah. No, you have to have that demand. And and the thing is, is uh, you know, is uh, liking to do it and loving to do it, you know, you're going to sit there and not go out and catch catch fur, you know, um, you know, for four years to drive the price up. Let's say you could. Right. I mean, I, I'm not stopping. I mean, I, like me and you talked, uh, you know, me and Sarah was out there when, when we sold you the beaver and average, we counted them at six bucks. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, we were out. We were so excited. And we were excited. To, <laughs> we got six bucks. You know, you know, and then look at, then I didn't have to put them up for nine. Yep. You know? And look at this year. And then it just yeah. kept uh, and this year they started out lower and it just kept going up, 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 up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'd be able to sell, uh, you know, like my dad would always say, uh, he'd say, you know, if he if he sold you them beaver today, he'd say, this is just like drug money. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm always telling guys, you know, call for current prices. You can call me at the beginning of the year and I can say, you know, beaver at $10. And then at the end of the year, oh, Rick's only paying 10 Well, no, that's not necessarily the case. You no. Know, Always get a hold of me for current prices. Yeah, you know because that they might go up, might go down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Always get a hold of me for current prices. Yeah, because you might be you might be leaving tomorrow and think you know what I really want these. You know I'm taking them to my, my buyer. Yep. And I might you know if I can make two bucks of beaver, a buck of beaver, I'm going there tomorrow anyways. So, yep. You know you you know might hit the hit the jackpot by calling. Right. You know so. Yep. That's how that's how it works. Yes, you're right on too. <laughs> You're right on. I can throw them on top of the pile, make seventy five more bucks. Got to go there anyways. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. So, how do people get a hold of you? Are you on Facebook? Yes, the best way to get right at home my phone. though. Uh, call me or text me. That is the quickest, Facebook. easiest way instead of going through Facebook. And I'll put that on there, and they'll still call or text. Call. Yeah. It's like don't try and go through Facebook. Uh, <laughs> call or text me. Yeah. Definitely. But you do have a Facebook page with all your information yes, on it? Yes, yep. Deep Ravine Fur? Yep, Deep Ravine Fur and Hide. And Hide. Yep, Deep Ravine Fur and Hide. Buying cow hides? Nope. Just deer hides? I buy a few deer hides. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm trying to justify the hide here. Well, deer hides. <laughs> See? Be it. Deer hides. See, Rick's an honest guy. I buy a few deer hides. <laughs> See? <laughs> they, uh... What, do you got any... Think of any questions? See, that wasn't so bad, was it, Ray? No, not a bit. <laughs> Would want better with beer. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be at any conventions if people want to find you or meet you? Or? Yeah, I'll be up the National. I won't have booths set up, but hell, John, yeah. I'm running around with you guys. And yeah. No Dunlap uh, lures and Sarah she You're traps. You're welcome and... at the booth anytime. Oh, yeah. Especially well, Miss Tracy, because we know if you don't bring she her, can get then... some work done. Bye. Well, that's fine, because Nick always has a cooler full of beer. Yeah. So anything around Nick. <laughs> Nick set up with us. Oh, great, right. great. You what and Nick, you and Nick with a cooler full of beer. What about my buddy Hags? Uh, Jessica might let him off the leash. She might not. We're not sure. After yeah. last year, I'm not so sure. <laughs> no, I don't think at the Nationals this year he's going to be that crazy again. <laughs> we had fun. We did have we fun. We definitely had fun. That was just nice just to let loose a little bit and laugh and 
just yeah. Mm-hmm. Should I have to be Mr. Professional in front of everybody? We just flat asses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's been some of the stuff that happened at the Nationals last year that night was uh, talked about still. <laughs> oh, and that'll be talked about for years to come. Yeah. <laughs> we had fun, though. That was a great time. Like the peach brandy at home. Yeah, no. 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 No, we gotta we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get Haggerty sipping on the peach brandy again. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was, was a fun. It, it was fun with Mike playing his guitar. Yes. And, you know. And, and there's Travis Dostel and Jeff Haggerty, you know, singing karaoke <laughs> to it. <laughs> Because it was funny, you know, I mean, that's the fun thing is, you know, you, you get all these stories from the, you know, people coming in and selling you fur or the conventions, you know, it's like I think of, you know, Travis Dostal, you know, all day long, Travis is saying, yeah, I'm going to karaoke, I'm going to sing with Mike and shit, he got there and Haggerty got drinking and over sang him and pretty soon Travis <laughs> was, he was, he was, Haggerty was singing every song. Oh, and, Haggerty had me laughing, laughing, that was, that was, a, that was fun. Carl Johnson helped helped me on back on the sidewalk because I couldn't find it. Yeah, <laughs> to walk the room. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, Zach Newman did too. Yeah, buddy Zach Newman. <laughs> a great bunch of guys. I mean, yeah. no hell, we're all just human. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing is, is uh, you know, in the end, you only got the stories. Yes. Know? Yep. Stories, like, memories. Like, like any money we took in at that convention is gone. Yep. You know, um, but you know, we remember the you know the the stories and stuff like that. And yep. That's all you. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all you have in the end. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's about. Yep. You know, money comes and goes. It truly does. Yep. Money. Yeah, money comes and goes. It seems to go a lot faster lately. Yeah, it goes the faster and it comes in, I'll tell you that. This was weird for us. It, somebody actually came here and, you know, gave us money. Usually we're the ones paying out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I knew that's why we liked him. <laughs> well, enjoy your company, too, man. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. So. Well, you guys are great people. Have one, one hell of a lure line. Yeah, we're grateful. We carry your products. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, because you can get a, uh, you know, sheet traps or Dunlap lures uh, over at Rick's if you sell Rick fur. He's got it right on the shelf, and he's got a lot of other trapping supplies. You got some used traps and stuff too, don't you? Not right now, just because of the move. You know, I have to yeah. build a new fur set and such, so mm-hmm. I backed right off. It's less stuff yeah. I had to move, so the inventory is not there right now. Yeah. Yep. You might be able to find one. You sell uh, Haggerty stuff. You oh, sell, yeah. Uh, yep, RBGs. RBGs. Uh, yeah, I have a pretty good variety in there. Very good variety. Yep. Very good selection. Yeah. So, what town are you in over there? Manistee? No, no. Or Muskegon? Twin, Twin Lake. Muskegon? Just outside of Muskegon. Yeah. Nope. You don't live in Muskegon. Though. No, no. Good grief, no. <laughs> no. We live way out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's all farm country. <laughs> yeah, how far did you live from Phil Spring? Uh, probably 15 miles. 15? Yep. If that, yeah, the, uh, the uh, Phil was uh, I don't even know how really how to describe Phil. He sold trapping supplies, yep, and fishing stuff, and he was just an old wheeler and dealer. And, yep, he uh, had a little bit of everything. Phil, uh, Phil passed away. I got COVID, and you yep. know, during you know not the first phase, but like the second COVID, yes, the, that, that was, the one that took a lot of people. Yep, and that was unexpected and sad. I mean, yep. he. He was a character. Yeah. Uh, I always had a story. Always had a story. 
Now Brandon took that over. <laughs> no, no, son Brandon. That's new storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil's dad was uh, a big bullshitter. And Phil was a big bullshitter. So I, I can't imagine what the third generation. Yeah, that apple's still right there on that yeah, tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brandon generally stops over on Thursdays. He's just like clockwork. You know, I have the, there's guys that, whether I have fur to sell or not, uh, they're all trappers. Even if they don't have any fur to sell, they always stop in and just, mm-hmm. they know where the beer fridge is. There's beer, pop, water. Well, you'll have lots of people coming there now that you, you know you got a beer fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just come over. Just you to, put a couple cots in there and shit, you'll buy twice as much. Well, we built that uh, drunk tank. We call it, it was an extra bedroom for the guys coming up. And you're all like, you folks coming up. And that was Nick, drunk Nick's drunk tank. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it, Nick's drunk tank. <laughs> oh, Well, if you've never been to a fur buyer that has a drunk tank, stop in <laughs> yeah. the Rick's. Yeah. We're all set up, you now. we put an extra bedroom on and a full shower and stuff. You know, for anybody coming from out of town, they didn't have to get a, get a room or anything. And it wasn't nothing fancy or special, but it turned out it's Nick's drunk tank. <laughs> well, I guess we'll close there. And um, I appreciate you doing it. And Well, thank you, Liz. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah.